Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. When we look through history, we can see that the moments of great renewal in our church have often come as a result of some kind of external trial, some kind of crisis. Maybe it was uh, persecution uh, or or some kind of pandemic or, or even an internal trial, something that was a bit off within the church. We can also see that this is true in the life of individuals, that some of our great saints had their moment of awakening through their own personal crisis. Ignatius of Loyola is a great example. It wasn't until he was hit with a cannonball uh, in war and laid up in hospital that he, his heart was opened. Before then, he was a long way from being a saint. Why is it that we often need crisis to awaken us? Well, One of the reasons is because as humans, we have this capacity to become comfortable. The image that came to me was of this clear bubble surrounding us. And it's a bubble that we don't necessarily see. The bubble represents our tendency to close ourselves off in our own small world, in our limited truth in our limited perspective. And even if we're miserable in our bubble, we have this strange tendency as human beings to make our home there, to find our security there. And we become unwilling to look beyond our small world. Our our bubble uh, prevents us from recognising the greater truth from stepping into the greater life, which is something that Jesus was constantly challenging people about in the Gospels, get out of your bubble. And so in this series, I've been saying, hey, let's make sure that we allow this experience of COVID, of lockdown, to pop any bubbles (laughs) that might be keeping us in a, a limited small world, in our own small truth. Let's allow God to speak to us and to transform us as individuals and as a church through this unique moment in history. Let's not waste it. So I suppose the question at this point is, have you been listening? Are you attentive to God through this unique experience? We're going to continue our journey today with our fourth COVID-inspired truth. And in some ways, this is the most profound of all the truths I've presented. Uh, It's profound in the sense that it has the uh, capacity to have the greatest impact on our lives. Our truth today is that your life is not about you. 
Now, there are many everyday examples of this. But the most striking, the most obvious one that came to me is with parents, especially first-time parents. When that baby comes, you know that your life is no longer about you. That's your daily reminder, right? I've got some nodding, I've got a nodding head at the back. <laughs> we instinctively know this truth, but at the same time, we can find it very, very difficult to embrace it, right? Even those of us who do a lot of things for other people, if we're brutally honest with ourselves, we'll probably recognize that we still have this capacity to be quite self-focused, to get consumed with our own plans, our own projects, our own desires, our own disappointments, our own hurts, our own frustrations. And of course, the many voices in our culture are, are encouraging us to do this. The voices that surround us constantly are, are, are convincing us that, yes, life is about you. It's about your desires. It's about your rights. It's about your choices. Life is about you. And during COVID, uh, especially during lockdown, I think many of us have had an opportunity to actually make life a little bit more about us, haven't we? And, and I know, especially initially, some of us were really excited about this prospect. We were thinking, wow, uh, less demands on me. <laughs> less dealing with other people. More, more time at home. More time to relax. More TV. More books. More games. More gardening. And as we explored a few weeks ago, to a degree, this has been healthy. This has been an important shift for us. Less is more. We've been able to bring our life back into some kind of balance. But it seems to me that at the same time, this, this increased me focus has also left some of us, perhaps many of us, feeling deeply unsatisfied. A little lost, even troubled. And there's a very good reason for this. And that is, you're not designed to satisfy yourself. Your life is not about you. Now, God doesn't say it exactly in those words, but, but the Bible, the whole Bible reinforces this truth that life is not about you. The most obvious place that we see this truth playing out is in God himself. God reveals himself to us as a trinity, right? Three persons. Uh, this, this community, this, this relationship uh, of three persons that are, are, are constantly pouring themselves out giving themselves to a bigger purpose. I think too of uh, Jesus 
making this truth clear to Peter after the resurrection. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus is saying to Peter, Hey, yes, when you were young, your life was all about you. It was about your desires, your opinions, your preferences. You were the center of your world, Peter, when you were young. But you're not supposed to stay there. As you get older, you're supposed to give yourself to a purpose that is bigger than you. Yes, it will be demanding. But that's how your soul is fed and nourished. That is where you will find life. The scriptures remind us over and over that we are created, we're designed to be channels of a bigger life and a bigger purpose, which is extraordinary when we think about it. What a privilege, what trust God puts in us to be his channels. But so often... Rather than becoming a channel, we become a cul-de-sac. We, we put the priority on ourselves and so we, we, we become a dead end. I can't help but think of the, the Dead Sea in Israel. For those of you that have been there, I've swum in it. I've had the privilege of swimming in it in a, few, uh, a few times. And uh, For those who are there, you would know that the water in the Dead Sea is, is thick and warm and salty and uh, there's no life. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. There's no life in the Dead Sea. And the reason for that is because it's a dead end. It receives water from the Jordan River, but it doesn't give it out. The water goes nowhere. When we live for ourselves, our hearts can become like that water in the Dead Sea. Stale, stagnant, lifeless. Life is not supposed to be about you. If this is true, then what is life about? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Let's uh, turn to our psalm today. The psalmist cries out, Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And he goes on, give the Lord glory and power. Give the Lord the glory of his name. Our purpose is to sing a song with our life that gives glory not to ourselves, but to God. That's our purpose. Now, glory is a, a very rich word, uh, but put most simply, we can understand it as as God's life-giving presence, God's light shining forth. So to give glory to God is to, is to live in a way that makes present God, the light of God, God's life-giving presence. To give God glory is to allow God's life to shine through us in all of our words, in all of our actions, in all of our reactions, 
To, to give God glory is to offer yourself and everything you have for a higher purpose. And this, of course, is what Jesus modelled with his whole life. In, in John, John's Gospel, John 17, he says, I've brought you glory, speaking to the Father in prayer, and he says, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Mary, of course, also uh, glorified God with her whole, her whole life. In her song of praise, the Magnificat, she says, My soul glorifies the Lord. St. Paul says it a number of different times. There are so many scriptures I could have chosen. Here's the one that we're probably most familiar with. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You see, this is the core Christian logic that your life is not about you, it's about God. It's about allowing God's bigger life and bigger purpose to live in you and to live through you. Now, some of us are hearing this and probably thinking, well, what about me? <laughs> Does this mean that I'm just I'm a puppet? That, that I don't matter? That I shouldn't pursue my passions, my opportunities? Well, not at all. Giving God glory actually means the opposite. Probably all heard this quote, uh, which is attributed to St. Irenaeus, that the glory of God is man fully alive, a man that is truly living. Giving glory to God requires us to put our best foot forward, to, to flourish to our potential, but to do it for God's plans and for God's purposes and not for our own glory. And, and not because we have to, but because we want to. <laughs> because we've experienced something of God's glory that he's first given us. You see, to give God glory, it requires not so much a change in what we do, but a shift in, in our motivation. And that shift can have a dramatic impact on our life. We see this in the lives of the saints. When they gave glory to God, that glory always came back to them and filled them with the presence with the light, with the glory of God. After Ignatius of, of Loyola had that moment of conversion in the hospital, he left behind his life of self-interest and he took on a new motto. His motto was, for the greater glory of God. And from there, Ignatius went out and, and he lit up the world giving glory to God, and, and, and still 500 years later, his, his congregation, the Jesuits, continued to do that because he had that shift in his emphasis, that shift in his motivation, all for the glory of God. The same is true for us. When we glorify God, his glory will always come back to us. Now, this topic is way too big to give any kind of justice to in, in one uh, week. So we're going to come back to it again next week. But my invitation for you today is to simply offer to God the glory.
consciously, at the beginning of every day, say to God, God, help me to give you glory today or in this next hour or in this next project or in this next conversation. Holy Spirit, help me to manifest, to shine forth your life-giving presence, your light. And then at the end of the day, it's good for us to look back and say, well, did my thoughts, did my words, did my actions today glorify me or glorify God? I'm guessing that some of you might be thinking, well, Father Dan, I think you're a few steps ahead of me. <laughs> I'm not sure I even believe in this glory. And I certainly don't think I've experienced it in my life. And what I would say to you is do it anyway. Ask God to help you to give him glory anyway, because whatever glory you give to God will come right back to you. And then you'll know. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.